always wonderful to see all of you. I'm scrolling through the pages to make sure I see everyone I can see. <laughs> uh, there are still people uh, pouring in, really. Uh, so let's sit and uh, open a space for them so they can join us.
Let's uh, invoke the four practice principles in the beginning today. A caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher. Being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher. Being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher. Being just this moment, compassion's way. I know I repeat myself, I just keep wanting to say how good it is to see everyone. <laughs> it's so delightful. <clears throat> I, want to, I want to go back to one of the early basic stories uh, for a moment. Um, in, in Buddhism, when, when the young Siddhartha Gautama, who is to become uh, the Buddha as we know it, when he's growing up in the privilege and luxury of the palace, since he was a prince, his parents were protective, like, like all parents are. And they wanted to keep him uh, safe, and they also protect him from the harshness of the world. And there are certain forbidden things that they really didn't want him to see. Uh, they didn't want him to have to face people who were really ill, uh, people who were old, and what happens as we get older, uh, a corpse, someone who had died, and the disposition of a corpse, and also protect him from actually meeting other pilgrims or sages, you know, um, yogis on the path uh, of meditation and, and awakening. But of course, he was a guy, he was a boy, <laughs> and he snuck out, like so many of us do, you know, being curious and energetic, and um, he immediately stumbled upon a sick person. In the in the story, a sick person is the first person he met, and like wow. And this was the first sign to him that there were things that were hidden. Something's hidden. I'm not seeing the whole deal. Something wasn't complete in his view of the world and, and in his life. And of course, right now during the pandemic, there's sickness all around us of many sorts, but we're, we're faced each day with um, things that are kind of frightening or discouraging, even disgusting, shocking realities. And as in the Buddhist story, there's a potential as we meet these things uh, that there's some discovery there. Seeing, seeing further, seeing through into that whatever secret that was that was being kept from us that we may not even know, that there's more to the world than we thought, or maybe more than we've been able to meet to this point. And that 
knowing and that willingness is the beginning of a new world. A discovery of a new life beyond the uh, palace of the self-centered dream. And this is an opening into a world in which the whole world is medicine. Uh, just like you are for me today. And at the moment of discovery, the luxury of the palace to the Buddha suddenly looked like a prison. So the question is, what luxury or entitlement do you hold, you know, which might be imprisoning you? What, what is it that, or, or limits your, your view? And certainly I have those because I've always been really healthy and I kind of assume that that'll be the case. So it was extremely surprising in some ways yesterday when the little line came up on the COVID test and said positive. And so I did another one and it was positive. When I put the first three drops on there and set my watch for 15 minutes and in 30 seconds that the line came up, it's like, oh, wow, lots of antibody in there. I didn't feel, I mean, you can tell I'm not terribly ill. I actually felt, felt worse yesterday, not, not terrible, but I could tell something was wrong, hence the test. And we're immensely blessed on this island because um, my great abiding friend, uh, Peter Johnson, from whom we actually bought this home, many of you know, was a scientist who helped develop the protease inhibitors, uh, which turned the entire tide with HIV and AIDS. And they also developed another drug, an antiviral drug, that didn't make it to market at the time and was in the, in the freezer, you know, when Pfizer bought them. And that's the drug that's the main component of Plaxovid, uh, Paxlovid, sorry. And so he, Peter, being on the island, went to the hospital and to our doctor here and a few weeks ago and said, do we have a good supply? And they said, we don't have any. And so they went through the routine to make sure we had a good supply. And so yesterday I was able to get it within an hour of my test. And I began, I took my first dose last night and went to bed with what felt like kind of like the flu. And by one in the morning, it just stopped. Now that's, you know, fingers crossed, who knows? But all this has brought this, this forward. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, one moment, we're sitting in Zazen and falling asleep or nodding off and, and the next moment we're startled awake. And we breathe in and we breathe out. But those actually are just, you know, words that describe this dualistic notion based on our self-referenced observations. I'm, I'm breathing in and I'm breathing out. We, we call it breath in one moment and we call it death in another. But, but actually those are just designations. There's only one thing moving. And that one thing is, is everything. And there's no end to the suffering if we remain entranced by this dualistic way of thinking. Of course distinctions are important, and of course it's good to take care of ourselves, and of course it's good to notice. 
but an entire life of categorizing and reacting and clinging and pushing away and storytelling and turning away and chasing and fighting. There's, there's always an opportunity to dismiss life as it is. And instead, just be focused on life as I narrate it through my sense organs, my thoughts and my feelings. And it's important to be intimate with that stuff, of course, but it can narrow because when we're invited to rest in embodied immediacy, the embodied awareness of this miracle of our own life, And we're also asked to not hold too tightly to this body, to let go of a body. What we begin to realize is our body is our mind. Our body is our consciousness. And the mind comes forward as embodiment. You know, thoughts are not a problem. Thought, thoughts are not a problem. And feelings are not a solution. They all come and go in response to our contact with the world, their ways of meeting the world. All of them are required because we're going to stitch together this thing that we think of as reality. And without going into it too much, from this perspective, think of what the Heart Sutra tells us. And here's what I want you to imagine. I'm going to recite just a tiny bit of the Heart Sutra based on this perspective. Imagine this was, I'm looking at Bill Stanley here for a moment. Imagine this was part of your uh, medical training. This is part of a textbook in medical school, okay? Suppose that the professor came in and said, boundlessness is the nature of all things. It neither arises nor perishes, neither stains nor purifies, neither increases nor decreases. Boundlessness is not limited by form nor by feelings, perceptions, inclinations, or discernment. You know, all that stuff I was talking about. And then you say to the medical students, boundlessness, freedom, liberation, emptiness, whatever you want to call it, is free of the eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, and mind. It's free of sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, and any object of mind. Free of sensory realms, including the realm of the mind. It's free of ignorance and the end of ignorance. Boundless is free of old age and death and is free of the end of old age and death. It's free of suffering, free of arising, free of cessation and path, free of wisdom and attainment. Hmm. Being free of attainment, those who have all to awaken abide in the realization of wisdom beyond wisdom and live with an unhindered mind. And then the last bet, without hindrance, the mind has no fear. Without hindrance, the mind has no fear. Free from confusion, those who lead all to liberation embody profound serenity. That would, uh, that would kind of blow people's minds, right? And it does blow people's minds. <laughs> that, that's part of the deal. It's, that's, it's made to do that. That the, the boundlessness that is offered up in our practice 
isn't contained within these things that we identify as ourself. What we identify as ourself is contained within that boundlessness. One moment we're well, by our own definition, and the next moment we're ill by somebody else's criterion, but we're just completely ourselves. The moment the red line appears under the little T on the COVID stick, you know, suddenly I'm ill. I have COVID. But this is just a piece of medical data. It's not the totality of my existence. It's an important one to pay attention to, and I did. Without hindrance, the mind has no fear. Free from confusion, those who lead all to liberation embody profound serenity. So I'm going to go through a few of what, what do the ancestors have to say about this, about health and illness. And I'm going to, I'm going to call on some uh, people whose voices maybe we don't hear so much. And I'm just looking around here. Hey, Dennis, I don't think we've heard from you, have we? Okay, I'm not going to ask you any weird question. I'm going to ask you to read something. Are you willing to do that for me? Okay, so unmute yourself. Okay, so I'm I'm Dongshan and you're the monk, okay? Okay. So I'm ill. And then don't worry about the seds and all that. Just we'll do it together. Get your right glasses on so you can see. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'm ill, and what do you ask me? You are ill, teacher. But is there anyone who does not get it? Oh, who does, who does not get ill? Sorry. Uh -huh. Yes, there is. Does the one who is not ill take care of you? Well, I actually have the opportunity to take care of him. How is it when you take care of him? At that time, I don't see the sickness. very much for doing that do you want to say something <laughs> it was fun thank you yeah uh, other people are going to get the opportunity as well <laughs> i've lost my other piece here where did he go where did he go there we go i want to make sure i keep things in order here so this is one of those uh, interesting old, uh, you know, stories where the, the monk comes to the teacher and says, I can see that you're sick. Uh, but then there's this question, is there anyone who does not get ill? And this is not talking about other people. There's someone who's not ill. And the teacher says, yeah, there is. And the monk says, well, does the one who is not ill take care of you. And Dongshan says, I have the opportunity to take care of him. And the monk said, well, how is it that you take care of him? And he said, at that time, I don't see the sickness. Like now, I have this diagnosis. And at this moment, I'm sure among all the people here, that there's every kind of projection, fear, idea, concern, people have suggestions, advice, treatments, love and care, moving all around. 
there's a story that I heard Norman Fisher tell about he was at City Center in San Francisco and he came around the corner and in the hallway uh, Blanche my teacher was lying on the floor and it was the moment actually when she took a fall in which her hip was broken which was the beginning of kind of her you know end over time didn't happen precipitously but you know how those things go and he said are, are you okay do you and she said I'm not sure yet so I'm I'm lying here I'm waiting is it possible to take things slowly enough and when with enough attention and care is that are you okay well, I'm I'm not, not sure yet can we develop enough patience and enough curiosity to know the truth of the situation rather than so quickly going to something that will fix or help or turn or probably three decades almost three decades earlier the great Rinzai teacher Maureen Stewart an American was a wonderful teacher had um, metastatic breast cancer um, had uh, gone to her liver and she was in sort of final stages but she came to Green Gulch to give some Dharma talks she loved to, to teach and everybody was whispering like she's in denial she's not acting like she's sick you can see that she's sick and at one point she pretty much literally screamed I am not sick I have cancer her refusal to identify with the storyline and her willingness to look squarely in the face of the truth that's an unusual combination so these two women are saying do we have the patience and the deep curiosity to meet what comes illness happened to be the thing but and are we do we refuse to identify with whatever names we give it all but look at the truth fully not turn away from anything so when I'm with you right now I don't see the sickness that doesn't mean I'm in denial I know what's going on it's not a delusion but can I take it slow with patience and curiosity and to see what this is as the world is made new each moment each moment each moment and can I look squarely at what it is without adding some identity oh, I'm a COVID patient and all the reactions and projections associated with that identification you see there's a lot of wisdom in what these two women who were profoundly present and looking squarely at the situation but offering something a little bit uh, different And I'm, um, let's see, uh, uh, Cheska, are you there? I think I saw you all ago. Francesca? It's more fun to read them together, isn't it? Yep. 
Okay, let me get this ready. Here we go. So, um, uh, you're going to be Guishan. Okie doke. Okay? And I'll be uh, Dawu. Already? Okay. Great. Yep. Where are you coming from? I've uh, come from tending the sick. How many people were sick? Well, there was the sick and there was the not sick. Aren't you the one who's not sick? Being sick and not being sick have nothing to do with him at all. So speak up, speak up quickly. Even if I could say anything, it would have no bearing. <laughs> Any comment? You don't have to. But just... It. Both of these remind me of of um, working with clients. My my work with my work with clients, where I. You know they've they've come for something to be healed, but but what I see is not a wound. It's not a sickness. Right. It's their wholeness. That's right. That's right. Even if you could say anything, it wouldn't have any bearing, would it? Yeah. 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 So in this case, you know, sickness demonstrates to me that no matter how much I practice how clever or smart I might be, I'm also a body. And like all bodies, and also like, you know, dogs and cats and trees and stars, my body is made of stuff. The same stuff is, is all subject to the same miraculous healing at times and the same ultimate decay. And the things I see and feel which I'm made of is in turn made of smaller bits of stuff. And you can recombine the bits in various ways, but day after day, this thing that we're doing and what you're just saying to, is like a recombining process. Illness is a recombining process too. It turns out that the cells we're made of can be hijacked by other tiny little creatures, little pieces of RNA, which start rearranging me to make more of them. It's very exciting. It can be dangerous, but you know, but it's amazing that this can happen. <clears throat> okay. Hi. Yeah. yeah, hi. Yours is really easy. You just have to read something. <laughs> okay. But it's another one of the ancestors. Mm. And I have two translations, so it's a little funky, but read the one without the parentheses things. And then read it again, you know, with the parentheses things and see how it goes, okay? Okay. This is Yun Man. You remember Yun Man about uh, an appropriate response? Mm. Same guy. Okay. Medicine and disease are in accord with each other. The whole earth is medicine. What is yourself? I'll, I'll read it the other way. This is confusing. Medicine and dis disease subdue each other. The whole world is medicine. What am I? The whole world is medicine. Mm 
any comments there or just no need, but we're all medicine. We're all medicine. Yeah. Thanks for reading with me. Mm-hmm. We are guests in these bodies in this body house and we cannot stay. And there's many ways of distracting ourselves from this knowledge, uh, but you can't conceal it forever. And this is the great matter. You know, we talk about this on the Han. And this is what the Buddha discovered when he left the confines of the palace and began to walk around. And one day you have to step out of the palace and face your truth. My experience with working with cancer patients for all those years and, and many others is that illness can be a gate, a gateway into vast interior truths too. Illness can be like this key to the locked door, you know, in the fairy tale, or it's like the right move to open the stone or move the stone out of the way in the video game, you know, that you want to open. But what we're not told is that this is a risky business to open these doors because inside there lie the possibilities of changing the course of your whole life in ways that you cannot predict. Well, <clears throat> since I... Uh, Oh, I know. We haven't heard Robert. You want to speak? Steinbomber, come on. We haven't heard your voice. We have a, we have another easy one. Oh, good. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, uh, I'm Master Ma. You're the monas- you're the monastery superintendent. Okay. So apparently, I'm unwell, which I just told you. And so you come to me and you say, Master. How is your venerable state these days? Sun face Buddha, moon face Buddha. <laughs> That's helpful, right? <laughs> it's such an odd thing, isn't it? So you're being very kind. You're asking me how I'm doing. And I give you this strange response, which is, I think, an old Zen way of saying, well, you never know. One day it's this and one day it's that, you know. But it's, seems a very, to, it's a very famous thing. Go ahead, Robert. No, it seems to fit exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It it's does. a little like the, the Spanish phrase of a CSE. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And, it, and it's speaking more than just about the physical illness, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Good to hear your voice. You know, usually quite casually, I think of myself as well uh, because I, I tend to be pretty well. So when I'm sick, a wellness is the me I imagine getting back to. You know, and there are lots of situations um, where it's natural to think of myself as something I need to get back to after. You know, after the pandemic, after the war ends, after the situation is explained, after the chemotherapy is finished, 
after the divorce, the baby, the exam is passed, justice is achieved. You know, there's just a million. But the journey itself is what's changing me. Even if I get the outcome I want, I can't go back to the previous edition of myself. We're always already ourselves in any circumstance and something's always flowering in us. And if we have patience and curiosity, like Blanche was teaching us, that flowering moves in a different way. And if we have the willingness to turn toward it without identifying with it, as Maureen was teaching us, it will come forward in a different way. And there are lots of kinds of sickness, you know, COVID is an easy one, but there's the sickness of, you know, falling in love with the unattainable person. The divisions based on hatred and fear in this country, the isolation and cruelty and meanness imposed on cruel and mean people. All of this is life. And I can't always be sure what's healing and, and what's not. And I explain it to myself and have all my good reasons, but you know, you sign up for a new job or you move to a new city, you move to Hawaii, <laughs> you decide to get married or to get divorced, you buy a new house, you turn down some other offer and because you're hopeful or maybe because you're scared or because well, you don't know why you just outcomes aren't certain, but our path opens up as you walk this uncertain path. And this is the great restless, irritating question of Zen. Like, what am I? What is this? Who am I? And that's the doorway into a new life. It hangs there. So like trembling with curiosity and it's kind of absurd, but we want to, we want to have a full life. And sometimes wanting to get better is just part of the sickness, but a good question. Who am I? What, what am I? Like Lori was talking about, might help when nothing else will. If I have a question, I'm beginning to wake up in the thick darkness. Just the question. If I wonder who I am, past the faint beginning of the path you're trying to make out in the dark, in the night, in the forest. And, and if I begin to walk step by step, then the path is going to keep showing itself. And if you become desperate enough to ask this kind of question, we ask in Zen, you know, who am I? Then it says we've given up on all the usual solutions. At least we know they're not complete. And we're looking for help that's like deep down the bowels of the whole universe. And this suggests that maybe we are open and that help or healing might come from anywhere but probably not from the expected direction. So I know I've gone on quite a long time, don't have a lot of time, but thanks for letting me reflect on these things and thanks for your help. I think there are a couple of people who have raised their hands, so we'll be careful with our time and hear from each person. I'll bring Jay forward for you. Wonderful. Hi, everyone. Hi, Jay. So, uh, yeah. hi. Hi. Happy solstice, right? Yeah. I love 
today's a solstice and it's the longest day and the shortest day depending on where you are so um moon phase buddha and sun phase buddha right <laughs> and happy late juneteenth yes <laughs> so thank you for that um for me that's what it says that moon phase buddha and sun phase buddha is like we are um everything right we are never just one thing at one time and yet like when situations arise that causes uh friction we focus on only one side of us and yeah. but we are always everything both you know and um the the sentence the whole world is medicine i i totally subscribe to that because like you know, uh, what is the solution for the go, go, go? If you look, you know, it takes time for a seed to germinate. It takes time for um, fruits to bear. And, you know, so what is the, what's the healing for that rush, rush, rush? Look to the, look outside of yourself, right? Um, how do you, how do you call it, embrace everything like in all its variations when you look at the animals and the plants you know you have all these and they coexist so beautifully and you know so what is the medicine you look to the i mean and the world is humans too but um i think that we we sometimes um poison the way of things so uh, i love that statement the whole world is medicine and if we get outside of our own um individualistic um, existence even though the fact of um give me more give me more i need more you know what is the um what's the medicine for that look to the world you know when an animal feeds it doesn't you know look oh my god there goes another one it's already sated so it doesn't look to acquire more you know um once it's full so uh, i really do love that statement the whole world is medicine and i think that's a um a philosophy to live by so thank well, you. you said that because you know i <coughs> excuse me talked all that time but actually if you just remember that phrase that's enough to take with you so that's good thank yeah. you for making that yeah. clarity so good to see you and hear thank from you me. yes thanks It's nice to see you and really just send your meta to you and to Erin that everything goes well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And with all you say is really resonate a lot with me. As you know, I was... Wait, you're a physician. <laughs> yes. As, as a physician, another thing is always working with pain and always working with sickness for more than probably 30 years. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm certainly healthy and getting sick. That was a big journey yeah. for me. Yeah. But one of the things that really, for me, was very supportive and helpful was my practice. Yeah. Because what always you say, that was the thing. I was noticing how my body was fighting, but at the same time, it was the patient. It was the big lesson for me. Yeah. And the other thing is like, what do I need to learn from this? Right. And when you say that not to be attached or clinging to the diagnosis, because mm -hmm. that was, I was very clear from the beginning, 
yeah, to identify not, with it. Yes, identify it. This is not who I am. Mm -hmm. And like you say, it's only one part, but this I have all these other parts. Mm -hmm. And and that's really the the support. So I really thank you so much for that. Yeah. For that. I wish if I have those readings when I was in that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and those two moments with those two uh, women, with Blanche and with Maureen, were, I thought were very, they uh, concentrated those teachings very clearly, you know, that, that you're talking about. And it has so much more um, implications than just a physical illness, of course. Yes. And now you no, know that. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the thing when you say this the talk of these two ladies I just resonate so clear because yeah. that was my, my own experience to, to really be more like oh now I know what they are talking when somebody has pain yeah. Yeah. you know because I know what it is and when you say yes and the, when you say is you don't go back again even though you think is the you're clinging like Going to be where I was before, but it, and it's okay too, you know. It's the way it it's is. Okay, exactly. It's it's okay. This is what it is. Yeah. Thank you thank so you much, Sandra. I appreciate and thank you for that. your um, blessings and care. I appreciate it. Yeah. You're welcome. We have Laurie next. She's back for more. Back for more. So. Um, what was kind of, oh. You're still there. Okay, I don't know why it's, I, I can't see you, just a second. Let me see if I, there you go. Um, so where I went with this was not so much uh, physical illness, but, <clears throat> but rather uh, maybe the disease of the mind, but mm -hmm. um, our vulnerabilities, you know, um, the way I've taken my vulnerabilities, my one biggest vulnerability for years, I it was something to hide and to be ashamed of and mm. that kind of thing. And so in a way I was complicit with perpetuating it by hiding it and being fearful about it. So that, that it seems like the same sort of thing that you're another edge of what you're talking about. And it's, but if we see it actually as it, it is actually the medicine just by the turning towards it and, and understanding it and, and being okay with what it is, instead of feeling like you have to hide it, that that indeed is the medicine. And from that, it has come to me that for some reason, um, being able to see that, then it makes me able to say, oh, I, I can help another in yeah. you know i can serve in some way because because of my vulnerability if that makes sense totally and that's what those first two koans were about like the one who's ill and the one who's not in, in turn mm -hmm. it's yeah. interesting because what you're doing with your hands when you're saying that was very much like a keto it's like it comes at you yes but how do you move with it not yeah. obstructing it not running away from it but how do you move with it and, that, and therein, the medicine reveals itself. Mm -hmm. Exactly what your body was, your body was wanting to express it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your teaching. Mm -hmm. 
Here we have Genev next. Hello. Hello. Um, thank you for bringing this up as um, uh, a facet of our existence. Um, and I really don't know what I need to say. Um, what called you I, forward? Well, this was a very emotional for me. And I, ah. I, I've been sick almost my entire life. And um, both with multiple physical chronic illnesses and then also with depression. And so the combination of the two. Um, and I did just, uh, in resonance with what Lori just said, it's interesting because I just realized this morning that the effort of hiding all of it was exhausting. That's another that part of the illness. Yeah, and that maybe I could let that part go. You know, maybe I could just stop hiding and feeling shame. Um, but, you know, uh, and you asked what we're imprisoned by and, and, you know, right now I have this cozy little home and I, I, I have this mattress on the floor because I haven't really unpacked and I just curl up and listen to books. I mean, it's, it's my nest and it's also my prison because I'm afraid to go out. Um, and, you know, my goal is to, I mean, my desire really is to have the kind of grace that you described in Blanche and Maureen, but I don't know how. And right now I'm still really angry at people who are healthy all their lives. And, you know, because they have a liberation that they take for granted. It's so full. Um, and that I struggle with, you know, every hour because mm -hmm. I can't do the things that I would love and that I used to love and, you know, that would make me feel whole. Um, so I just don't know. Well, there's another doorway right there is what puts you in opposition to others because your anger, how could you turn that into medicine instead of it being a poison? Right. It's, Cause I don't want to feel understandable. It. Certainly. Right. Yeah. I don't want to feel it though. It's not my desire to feel that turn, way towards, turn toward it and get to know it, become more friendly with it instead of trying to push it away. This isn't about trying to get rid of anything. It's about unlocking the key to all of these things and the how to your beginning right now, which is you're stepping forward, you're speaking, you're letting people know. So you're already doing the first part of not just being hiding in your shame. So you're, you're making your way through that forest that I was talking about there at the end, even though it's a little dark still. Uh, with both your longing, with your envy, with your anger, with your depression, all those things, bring them with you. And we meet all of it, okay? This is the way the path unfolds. Okay. You're, you're stepping in the right direction. We're with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having the courage. It was scary. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. And that's like Lori helped you with the vulnerability thing. <laughs> yes. Good. And it's wonderful to see this group. I've missed some lately for some therapy uh, outpatients. So I've been gone some, but um, I stumbled <clears throat> 
over Lori's reading exercise, uh, whatever you call it, um, uh -huh. a little bit because when she said, I'm the medicine, I thought, wait a minute, I thought we're dealing with the disease too. Am I not also the disease? And that flashed me back to the beginning when Flint talked about the RNA and the little critters and so forth and how it changes and then it changes and it changes. And I kind of went to a both ends. Yeah, yeah, that's part, that's scenario. in there. Yeah. And so I thought, well, I'm diseased too. But then, you know, I'm medicine and I'm the disease in the processes. But then Lori um, maybe rolled the stone away, moved the stone out of the way. Mm -hmm. Because when she talked, applied it to vulnerabilities, she said, you know, it's what you've been saying too, I think. The poison is the cure. The, the disease is the medicine. You know, it's, it's called forward the, right. It's kind of the yin yang, you know, the black comes out of the white and white comes out of the black. Yeah. But, but it's the thing I'm taking away is patience and curiosity. Thank you so much for it. Well, that I was what Blanche was talking about. You know, I, I'm not sure yet. Let me just lay here for a minute and exactly, see. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm applying that not so much to physical or mental illness, or, but to death and dying. Yes, of course. And it really works. Mm -hmm. Patience. What's going to, I've been kind of doing the curiosity thing. <clears throat> what's going to happen next? You know, right. <laughs> what's going to die next? <laughs> bladder or my hearing or my speaking right you know, and, you know, and as we get older it's like one damn thing after another you never know what the next one's going to be you know? <laughs> so the curia and the patience and waiting and watching thank well, you I'm going to give you a quick image and I'm not going to linger here just so you can have it here's Blanche toward the end It's a good one, huh? Is it okay if I step forward for two minutes, Flint? Oh, I prefer you didn't. No, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm taking that as a joke. It is a joke, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just thinking that I've had sort of all sorts of things wrong with me for so long and for so many years that I think over time, I've just begun to think of it as myself and my limitations and, you know, the pain I, I live with and the a lot of things that I didn't know I've had for years. And, you know, they've, they're just part of who I am and and accepting them a long time ago. Since I was 29, I had all these different difficulties with my body and 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 uh, it, it's just that entering the world every day unwell and on or on my my level of of but but for me it's not unwell it's this is this is me this is my energy level or this is who i am today these are my limitations today and they vary sometimes from day to day and the pain increases and decreases day to day and different things impact me at different times but it is just who i am that's yeah, my body you, you can look at uh, these are my limitations today these are my gifts and opportunities today 
Yeah. Both sides. Because if yeah. we only look at limitations, we have some idea about how we should be, and then we're limited. That's There's some truth to that. But this is who I am. What do I have to offer? Yeah, yeah. So I offer what I can with what I can. And sometimes it's, I have like issues of, am I going to be good enough? Am I going to be enough? But for me, it's just come forward wholehearted with whatever is going on within me. And well, that's, that's what you do for to... us all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and remind us of that oft-quoted thing that you said to me before we came on today. It's, it's pretty common, but remember what you said. Oh, yeah, right. It keeps me going. But yeah, it's that most of the work in the world today was done by people who didn't feel very well that day. Right. <laughs> yeah, most of them have heard it before, but it's good to remind ourselves that. In good company. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And thank you for all that you do, because I know you, you've struggled with a lot of things for a long time. And even when you get like a new diagnosis, something finally gets nailed down, like it it's like in that koan, even if I said something, it would make it, it doesn't make any difference. No, I'm still, I've had a new diagnosis lately and it's like, I'm still Maria. I'm still, still Maria. everything and it, everything's still the same. Yeah. I just yeah. have a name. Yeah. And maybe sorry. that gives you a new opportunity for some treatment, but we just continue. Thank goodness we have you, Maria. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Stay well. Let's, um, let's invoke the, um, the verse of the robe now and remember i uh said that in, in, in mid piece from the heart sutra about boundlessness so think about this now okay vast is the robe of liberation a formless field of benefaction wearing the universal teaching i realize the one true nature thus harmonizing all being vast is the robe of liberation a formless field of benefaction wearing the universal teaching i realize the one true nature thus harmonizing all being vast is the robe of liberation a formless field of benefaction wearing the universal teaching i realize the one true nature thus harmonizing all being May everyone be well. Thank you so much, Flint. And thank you, everybody, for being here today. So lovely to see you all. And if you'd like to offer Dana to Appamada and its programs and facilities and to Flint and to other teachers such as Laurie, who's here this evening, then please do go to the website at appamada.org forward slash contribute. And you'll see an opportunity to offer Dana to the teachers or to um, and to offer one-time contribution or to set up regular contributions, whichever you, you wish to do. Thank you all so much for being here. And if you'd like to continue to meet and share, then please do join myself um, and others on the uh, virtual porch for a further 30 minutes and we'll continue the conversation that, that Flint began there. So thank you all so much. Thank you.